Hi, and welcome to Ask Wardy. I'm Wardy, a wife and mom of three, lead teacher, blogger, and founder of traditionalcookingschool.com. I'm also the author of The Complete Idiot's Guide to Fermenting Foods. Ask Wardy is the weekly show devoted to answering your niggling questions about traditional cooking. Maybe it's your sourdough starter, your sauerkraut, preserving foods, broth, superfoods, or anything else to do with traditional cooking. You can catch Ask Wardy live each Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, that's 1 p.m. Eastern, or through the podcast and video replays at askwardy.tv. And now, let's get to today's show. So, the question today, it's so fun, all right? One of the first episodes of Ask Wardy, um, Renee asked a question, I think it was about bone broth. And her six-year-old thought that was so fun that he or she, not sure, wanted to ask a question too. So Renee's six-year-old has this question. How do I make cookies yummy and healthy? Or you could say it the other way, right? How do I make cookies healthy and yummy? Because sometimes it's a trade-off, right? Some recipes, they're healthy and it's like, ugh, I can't eat this. Some recipes are so yummy and you think, this is not good for me. So we're tackling both today, four ways for Renee's six-year-old, four ways to make your cookies both yummy and healthy. Thank you for the love, everyone. A lot of this information comes from an article at traditionalcookingschool.com last year from Melissa K. Norris, who is in the scope right now, I believe, or at least was, uh, Real Food Makeovers for Your Holiday Recipes. You can check it out now or later if you go to tradcookschool.com slash makeover. And I will have links to everything I mentioned, including that, um, with the notes for this episode at traditionalcookingschool.com within 24 hours. So uh, you can check it out now or later. But we're just going to go through these four ways to make uh, cookies yummy and healthy now. Number one is got to deal with the sugar. And really, this first way, along with the second and third, are going to have to do with ingredients. Because we're making a recipe, and a lot of times it's simply the quality of the ingredients or the ingredients you choose that can contribute to whether your food is yummy and healthy. So the biggest thing with cookies, right, is the sugar. So The first thing you can do, and someone mentioned in the comments that you have a lot of Russian um, treat recipes or Russian recipes to make over. Well, all of us have these recipes that have been handed down, and maybe we haven't made them over yet, and grandma or mom or aunt makes them every year for Christmas. Well, wouldn't it be fun to make them over? Well, one of the easiest ways to do that is to deal with the sugar in the recipe. So first tip with sugar, I have several tips with sugar here. The first one is to just reduce the sugar. A lot of those recipes are just way too sweet, so reduce the sugar. You can at least cut them by a fourth, sometimes a half, um, without anybody noticing the difference. And perhaps you might actually enjoy the cookies more because instead of tasting sweet, you actually taste the other ingredients, the spices or the ginger or the lemon um, or the sourdough or whatever's in it. Another thing, another tip with the sugar in addition to reducing it, is to use honey instead. Um, If you use honey instead of sugar, it's sweeter, so you can reduce even more. I think it's about three-quarter cup honey is about the sweetness of sugar. Uh, So just start by adding about half the amount that the recipe calls for and then adjust to taste. Now, honey is a liquid sweetener, whereas if the recipe had a uh, dry sweetener, the honey is going to introduce 
liquid into the recipe so the consistency will change. So what you need to do is for every cup of honey you use, you want to reduce the other liquids in the recipe by about one-eighth cup or so. And every recipe will be slightly different. But just reduce the overall liquid in the recipe to account for the honey liquid that it's bringing in. Now, one thing people say is, but it's raw honey, I don't want to bake it. That's a legitimate concern, so I have other options for you. You can use less refined natural sweeteners. There are so many out there, both liquid and dry. A lot of them are dry, though. There's organic sucanat slash rapidura. It's the same kind of thing. It's an unrefined cane sugar. There's coconut or palm sugar. There's date sugar, maple sugar, maple syrup, evaporated cane juice, which is a uh, cane sugar that's more refined than the sucanat or rapidura. And you just use that cup for cup according to the recipe or, back to my tip number one, you're reducing it by a fourth to a half. Um, if your recipe calls for powdered sugar, you can take Rapidura, Sucanat, or many of the other dries that, dry sweeteners that I just mentioned, and you can whiz them in a blender or a food processor to get them fine and powdery like a powdered sugar. It works great. Let me know in the comments if you guys have, try, have tried these things or if they're resonating with you. If your recipe calls for a liquid sweetener like corn syrup and you're using a dry sweetener instead, you need to use the dry sweetener and increase the liquid in the recipe by an eighth of a cup per cup of sweetener. So did you, that's how you work back and forth from liquid to dry or dry to liquid. Another option for you um, going on with ways to handle the sugar is to use stevia. It's much easier to use recipes that are designed around stevia uh, Danielle saying she prefers to make her own powdered sugar, me too. So if you're using stevia, it's really good to start with tried and true recipes, like I said, that have been designed around stevia. Stevia is a super sweet herb. It's not sugar at all. If you want to try to substitute it yourself, just keep in mind that it works well in recipes that call for dry sweeteners. And a general rule of thumb is one teaspoon of stevia, powder or liquid for each cup of sugar. And if the sugar has to, has any like, Beyond sweetness, if it has a function in the recipe, like maybe making a syrup, the stevia is not going to work. So it really has to be recipes where the sugar is just the sweetness. You can substitute the stevia. Stevia strength varies widely brand to brand, so you would want to adjust uh, the taste depending on what brand you choose. My favorite brand is Sweet Leaf Stevia. I find no aftertaste and it just works great. And Meg, who's in the house at Meg Eat Beautiful, she loves New Naturals, and that's what they use in their, um, in their uh, cafe in Eugene, Oregon, as well as in her cookbook, Eat Beautiful, which, by the way, if you're looking for alternative non-white sugar-based sweeteners, Eat Beautiful has wonderful recipes. That's at uh, tradcookschool.com slash Megan for Megan's book, Eat Beautiful. All right, so sugar, that's about sugar. Are we on the same page? Are you getting lots of ideas? There's any tips you want to add anyone about handling the sugar when you're making over your recipes and you know turning your cookies to be yummy and healthy? Meg is giving some hearts and it looks like a dancing lady. <laughs> Too cute. Thank you so much. All right, so let's tackle uh, the second uh, tip for making your cookies yummy and healthy. It's another ingredient that you want to just address right out the door, and that is the fats. So we want healthy cookies, right? Well, fat makes things yummy, but we want to choose healthy fats so it's healthy and yummy. Many of those Christmas cookie recipes handed down call for shortening because shortening entered the world, you know, during the processed food industry in the last 50 years or so. Don't quote me on the years, but you all know it. We grew up with shortening, at least I did. 
I can't say we used it a lot, but recipes called for shortening and there was a tub of shortening in our house. Um, and I've certainly seen so many recipes with shortening. Shortening has genetically modified ingredients. It's a highly processed trans fat that's implicated in heart disease. So we just want to run the other direction. But thankfully, you can really substitute fat easily in recipes. Uh, <laughs> Weed Water Grow is on Periscope, crossing off a 2016 goal in 2015. Woohoo, good job. Love that. All right, so you can substitute fat in any recipe with another easily. Like in place of shortening, you can use real organic grass-fed butter, lard, or coconut oil. Now in cookies particularly, butter is best. Coconut oil tends to make your cookies spread out, but if that's the kind of cookie you're going for, use coconut oil. Um, for pie crusts and flatbreads, I know I'm going off cookies a bit. Lard is wonderful. Coconut oil is also great in pie crusts as well as butter. Um, just coconut oil is not the best in cookies. So the reason is it has a lower melting point. So when you use it in cookies, they just spread out really thin. So if you've got a recipe calling for shortening, you could use uh, a combination of coconut oil and butter or butter. Um, but really, the substitution is if it calls for a cup of shortening, you'd use three-quarter cup of coconut oil, use less of the coconut oil, or one cup of butter. So I kind of twisted that around. So if you're substituting for shortening, you would just use cup for cup, except coconut oil in cookies, you'd use three-quarters of a cup. You'd reduce it. What about palm oil shortening, like the kind that Tropical Tradition sells? It's fantastic. Go for it. And Danielle saying, coconut oil, I didn't know that's what made my cookies spread out. Yep, that's the culprit. Coconut oil does that. We have some wonderful uh, chocolate chip einkorn cookies that my daughter makes. In fact, you'll be seeing those if you're a member of Traditional Cooking School in our einkorn baking e-course in another week or so. And we make those cookies with coconut oil, but it's the kind of cookie we're after. They're crisp and flat. Oh, they're so delicious. So it really depends. If you are after a chewy, fluffy cookie, Coconut oil is not going to be your best bet. Now, here's another tip because fats can be expensive. If you, um, this is a tip from Melissa Norris, by the way. So you can use applesauce or pumpkin puree in your cookies or other sweet recipes in place of some of the fat or liquid. This can help cut down on your costs, especially if you're canning your own applesauce or pumpkin puree. Um, the other thing is it adds flavor and moisture to certain recipes. So it can be a really wonderful result. Okay, so that was the fat issue. <laughs> and Whole Heart Oil says, now I need a cookie. I know, totally. Okay, well, tomorrow, um, if you join me live on Periscope, it's going to be at um, 1, I don't want to speak out of turn, but I think it's 1 p.m. Pacific. Um, I'm recording my podcast live on Periscope tomorrow, Thursday, December 3rd at 1 p.m. Pacific. And if you join me, my guest is Lindsay Dietz, who has the Nourishing No Bake Treats book. And I'm actually going to bring some of the cookies that I made from her cookbook so you get to see them. And actually, I'm going to share some pictures of those later here, too. So it'll just make you hungrier. All right, so the third thing we're going to tackle ingredient based on how to make your cookies yummy and healthy is the grains. Um, because you're, one of the hallmarks of traditional cooking is that grains are hard to digest and cause mineral deficiencies. It doesn't mean we throw them out unless you're on a gut healing diet and you need to. But if you're generally healthy, you can incorporate grains into a healthy traditional diet if you take care to prepare them through soaking, sprouting, or fermenting. And fermenting is sourdough. So I said those in order. In order of effectiveness for nutrition, you'd soak, 
sprout or sourdough. And there are cookies on the web. There's cookie recipes at traditionalcookingschool.com and within our membership that use all these methods. I love to use sprouted flour in cookies because cookie dough doesn't usually have a lot of liquid in it other than the fat or of a liquid sweetener. Um, so you can't easily soak the... Um, the flour. So if you sprout your grain ahead of time, mill it into flour, or you purchase sprouted flour, the traditional method has already been done to the grain. So you can take that sprouted flour and use it in a recipe just that calls for white flour or whole wheat flour, whatever. You use sprouted flour right there in the recipe. You can instantly bake without having to stop and soak it for seven to eight hours. Or if you have our sourdough A to Z ebook from Traditional Cooking School or you're a member of Traditional Cooking School, you have access to our sourdough cookies where um, it's a special recipe that Erin developed. Erin is your sourdough e-course teacher that there is sufficient liquid to do a souring of a cookie and it turns out really, really lovely. So when you're doing cookies, the easiest way to fix the grains, if it's a grain-based cookie recipe, is to use sprouted flour because then you can instantly bake them, or you can look for a sourdough cookie recipe. Um, another way to even boost it even more, and Whole Heart Oils is saying it right now in the comments, she says, I'm gonna use true einkorn flour this year, is to use, just like she's saying, use older grains like einkorn or spelt or emmer. They are not modern hybridized wheats, and research shows that the starch is gentler, the gluten is gentler, there's not as much gluten, and so it's simply easier for us to digest and to get nutrition from those older grains than from modern wheat. Modern wheat is implicated in allergies and all kinds of things, so a generally healthy person might not notice. Somebody like me does because I get seasonal allergies if I eat modern wheat. And then, of course, there's people um, who can't do grains at all. So, you know, put yourself where you need to be. Um, but consider einkorn or spelt to, to boost the nutrition e even more. And both of those flours are light and wonderful in cookies and baked goods. So, and if you can't do grains, you don't have to have grain-based cookies. There's cookies that are based with almond flour or... Um, ground up nuts like Megan does in her cookbook, Eat Beautiful. Um, I'm going to talk to you about Lindsay's No Bake Nourishing Treats coming up here soon. And the base is shredded coconut with oil blended up in, the, in a food processor to make a cookie base. So there's so many options for no grain cookies. Um, this isn't really something you would make over. You'd want to start with a recipe, but that's another way to end up with healthy and yummy cookies. And I'm just going to summarize what I just said about the grains. Number one, you use traditional methods like soaking, sprouting, or fermenting. Number two, you switch to ancient grains. Number three, you move away from grains if that it will even help your health more. And you look for nuts or coconut-based um, recipes. So we've covered three things about making your cookies yummy and healthy. We've done the sugars, we've done the fats, and we've done the grains. And now my fourth tip doesn't really have to do with um, ingredients per se, it really has to do with recipes. And I think it's a no-brainer here. But if you're looking for healthy and yummy cookies or other desserts, especially this time of year, tip number four is start with a tried and true recipe. So traditionalcookingschool.com slash recipes or inside traditionalcookingschool.com membership in our classes or our ebooks. We have lots of cookies and other treat recipes. Specifically, if you go to traditionalcookingschool.com slash recipes, you would want to look at the cookies desserts drop downs and just browse those. 
Whole Heart Oils is asking, have you used coconut flour also? Yes, I don't, I don't know that I've tried a coconut flour cookie, but we've done coconut flour cakes and cupcakes and breads and things. I'm, sh- I, I'm, I'm going to throw this out there without having proof, but I would speculate that there are coconut flour-based um, cookies as well. Another option, I mentioned it to you, and I'm going to pull it up here on my iPad, is um, my friend Lindsay's book, new book, Nourishing No-Bake Treats. There are a dozen no-bake coconut-based cookie recipes in here that are awesome and so easy. You use one appliance, there's hardly any mess, there's no baking, and you use nourishing ingredients that are allergy-friendly. Um, you can find that at tradcookschool.com slash no bake. It's on sale, 50% off, and I want to show you a couple pictures. Two weekends ago, I decided to make three kinds of her recipes just to try them out because I thought, this looks like a really good book, and I need to try them <laughs> before I recommend them, although I knew I would love them. By the way, Lindsay um, is a content director at traditionalcookingschool.com and a writer, so she's kind of my right hand, so I know her stuff. Um, but anyway, I made three kinds of cookies. These are dark chocolate orange. They are so good. <laughs> um, and I made these raspberry dark chocolate weed water grow awesome you will love the book once again it's tradcookschool.com slash no bake so these are raspberry dark chocolate these are so good in the book she has a strawberry dark chocolate says you can uh, substitute any berry so i chose raspberry since we had frozen raspberries they taste like raspberries and cream with chocolate on top they are so so good and then i made one more which was um salted caramel Um, And they're just fabulous, and they're so easy. I made three variations in less than 30 minutes, no baking, one food processor that I didn't even have to wash between, um, you know, batches, and they just went in the freezer. And I'm going to bring them tomorrow because Lindsay's going to be on my podcast as a guest. We're recording it live on (laughs) Periscope, so you can listen to her. You can see the cookies. Whole Heart Oils, is there a taste feature on here? No, I'm sorry. (laughs) So could somebody do me a favor and type that link to Lindsay's book in the comments? It's tradcookschool.com slash nobake. I'd appreciate it. And thank you for the hearts. I love it. Okay, so, and I have one more um, to tell you about that I mentioned already, and that's Megan's. Um, Eat Beautiful, and I'm going to pull it up here, except it's in iBooks, so I have to go to a different place. So Megan is here, and um, she is the author of Eat Beautiful, which is refined sugar-free. Okay, why is it not at the beginning? Um, It's refined sugar-free and grain-free, this is not making sense. Let me put it in. Okay. I can't, I can't show the cover, but I'm going to put it on my bookshelf right here. See right there? That's Megan's book, Eat Beautiful. Tradcookschool.com slash Megan. If somebody could type that in, that would be great. So refined sugar-free, no grains. So this is if you're on a gut healing diet. There's beautiful sweets in here from cakes to... Um, all kinds of things. And Megan uses a revolutionary tip where you soak or sprout your nuts or seeds and then you um, blend them into a paste and you use this 
nourishing, wet nut or seed paste for all kinds of beautiful baked goods from breads to sweets to everything. Um, so it's really much more healthy than buying like almond flour, for instance, or another nut flour because those go rancid. But if you're using whole nuts that have been stored properly, you soak them and you blend them up, you're getting a really not only moist and wonderful result, it's very healthy. So Megan's cookbook is awesome for people who need to heal their gut but still want to enjoy beautiful foods. Tradcookschool.com slash Megan. So those are the three kind of places I want to point you to for tried and true recipes. It's traditionalcookingschool.com slash recipes, the Nourishing No Bakes, No Bake Treats book, which is tradcookschool.com slash no bake, and then Megan's Eat Beautiful cookbook for gut healing, grain-free, etc. And by the way, Lindsay's book is uh, good for allergies as well, but Megan's is at tradcookschool.com slash Megan. Okay. Now I have time to take, I think I have time to take a question or two related to uh, Renee's six-year-old's question. Um, does anyone have any questions about making your cookies yummy and healthy? Whole Heart Oil says she used her old cookbooks as a guide. Wonderful. Yeah, the old cookbooks did it right. If you're referring to, you know, the ones that had whole foods in them. Okay, question. Danielle, did you say that soaking grains is more digestible than souring? No, the opposite. In order of effectiveness from least to most, soaking, sprouting, sourdough. All right. Well, thanks so much for being with me, everyone. I'll see you next Wednesday or tomorrow for recording my podcast. Um, and God bless you. And I'll see you again soon. Thanks so much for joining me today. Here's what to do next. Ask Wardy wouldn't be possible without your questions, so please keep them coming. If you're on Twitter, tweet me at TradCookSchool with your question and use the hashtag AskWardy, or send an email to Wardy at AskWardy.tv. To get the show notes, links mentioned, video replay, or even to catch up on past episodes of Ask Wardy, go to AskWardy.tv. To join the fun of the live video recording, be sure to follow me with the handle at TradCookSchool on the Periscope app or go to periscope.tv slash TradCookSchool. We record live on Wednesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific. That's 1 p.m. Eastern. And finally, you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, the Podcasts app, or Stitcher. If you're on a mobile device, just search for Ask Wardy while you're in the app. If you're on a desktop or laptop, go to tradcookschool.com slash awitunes right in your browser. And while you're there, please leave a rating or review. I love to read your comments and your feedback makes it much more likely that others who are interested in traditional cooking will find Ask Wardy too. Thanks so much. God bless you. And I'll see you next week.